The Auburn Tigers struggle. It ended up falling in Atlanta. There's a lot we could take away from this game. This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. A, we're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, a special live edition as we recap Auburn's 82 to 73 loss against the Memphis Tigers. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, joined as we always are by Daryl Daffridge. And now these live Auburn basketball postgame reaction shows brought to you by our friends at Henry's Service Co. for all your heating, HVAC, plumbing needs, both commercial and residential in the Montgomery area. They are the folks for you. We'll talk more about them. In a moment, Daryl, the, the biggest thing to me is like, okay, Auburn finally plays a team that's nationally respected. That's going to be a tournament team that has somewhat of a resume that's building. You get a chance to go against them at Atlanta and what really kind of has been built as kind of feels like a tournament game, right? In Atlanta, in a bigger arena, and you get a chance to say, okay, you know, these are two good teams this is going to kind of look like what a round of 32 game may look like and you play poorly you play poorly away from Auburn Arena and there's a lot of Auburn fans that are concerned and I don't I don't blame them well I call these types of games a blacklight game and it's a blacklight game because when you schedule them you know as a coach they're going to show you what your team really is it's going to expose some things and you want these games. You want them early in your non-conference schedule to get ready for the SEC tilt. Sure. And you want them to, to, to see some things you got to clean up if you're an NCAA tournament team. So the template and the blueprint that Auburn needs to execute to win basketball games is because they're not a very good three-point shooting team, they need to get points in the paint. They need to rebound the basketball. They need to be aggressive defensively. And they yeah. need to get some transition points. Auburn did none of that well tonight at all. But there were too many backdoor easy baskets that Memphis got. There were second chance points that Memphis got that Auburn could not control and secure the basketball. Auburn didn't defend. I mean, they caused some turnovers. Now, granted, they did have, you know, Memphis did turn it over. But let's be honest, Zach, a lot of those turnovers were like unforced. It was like dudes throwing mm-hmm. the ball. So, and then Auburn just did not look like, I mean, from a shooting to three standpoint, you know, that still not shooting it like they need to be from the three point line. And then when you let a team shoot over 50% from the field, you know, you're not guarding the way you need to, to, to guard. Yeah. And I think the way Auburn has played defense so far this year, it's like, all right, you know, if Auburn, Auburn scoring 73 will be enough against most opponents this year, I think. Now, the other side of that coin is, well, they finally played a good team other than St. Louis, and I think Memphis is better than St. Louis, and you play them in a neutral site, which is all the games that matter in the postseason are in a neutral site away from Neville Arena. Um, that, is this going to be a problem moving forward? And the biggest issue with all of this, and we talked about this before, Daryl, Auburn's non-con schedule stinks in the sense of like it's not very good and it's not very competitive which is fine. You play who you play and, you know, maybe they thought Washington would be better. Maybe they thought, maybe they thought you, USC would USC, be better. USC, Memphis, yeah, up the road. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so the thing that stinks about it 
is this was kind of the biggest one. Like we knew going into the season, this was going to be the most talented team that you played in the non-con. And now you kind of get punched in the mouth a little bit. Some of it was your own fault. Some of it was, was Memphis had a few guys that had really incredible games. But now you, you come home and you play a game that you should win. But then you go on the road, and it's like, I don't think Washington and USC are that good. They're fine, but I think they're middle-of-the-road Pac-12 teams. And it's like when you, when you go from that and you're on the road, so it's going to prepare you a little bit. But as far as like opening up conference play against Florida in the very near future, I don't know, I don't know if you get to really recalibrate again before that happens. And so the, the timing of the schedule and the schedule kind of stinking up to this point, I, I think it makes tonight a little bit more unfortunate. It does. I mean, but you, you, it's just, it's the unpredictability of the whole thing. And I think that, you know, St. Louis, we talk about, we, we kind of could see this coming. I mean, I think Auburn is not going to get away with the, some of the things they did against some of the, the lesser opponents against good teams. And tonight we saw it come to bite Auburn. Now, St. Louis and Northwestern, Auburn didn't look good down the stretch, and they were lucky to win. The, you know, they came out and, and won the game. This, ironically, Memphis lost to St. Louis. So that, that's kind of surprising. That goes to show yeah. you the unpredictability. Um, I think USC and Washington will present a really nice test for Auburn because of the style of play and having to travel cross, crunch, cross country and play on the road. Right. I think that's going to be good for Auburn. But I think there are some things – that were exposed tonight that look from, from a, from just an overall basketball standpoint, Auburn shot, you know, 25% from three point land and 38% from field goal. Memphis shot 50% and they, they, they had less shots than Auburn, which is surprising. They only had 60 shot attempts. Auburn had 63. So if you can clean up the rebounding disadvantage, and if you could quit getting beat from a re, you know, basically second chance points, those type of things can get cleaned up and get them back on the winning track. But I think we saw this coming. I think that's the that's sure. the scary part of this is you can see this coming. And look, I'm going to just say this. I don't make excuses. The reason why this game was so important, every time Auburn struggled in the first half, they played an opponent that they had more depth than in the second half Warm and really wear them down. Memphis mm -hmm. is talented. They're long. They're athletic. They're deep. They played 10 guys, went deep, and they're very, very experienced, very senior-laden. So Auburn yeah. playing as poor as they did tonight against an opponent, although 7-2 and two and coming away with a nine-point loss, not as bad as, as it's made out to be. And hopefully you use this to, like I said, shine a light on some things you need to get better with. The second-chance points, not as bad as I thought. Just kind of watching the game, I would have guessed – Memphis had close to 20, and Auburn mm -hmm. had around 10, and Auburn, Auburn had nine. I would have gotten that right. Memphis only had 11 second-chance points. So They were the big, though. They, they were, were big. big. I'm going to tell you, I, I kind of check mark some things during a basketball game when I'm watching it or circle it. And Auburn lost by nine points, and there were three possessions that I really watched where I wanted to take you know, my laptop getting prepared for this broadcast and throw it across the room. It was so frustrating. Three times, Auburn had a defensive rebound and was ready to turn and go in transition. And Dane Bradshaw, the color analyst, said Auburn had numbers. Not only did Auburn lose the defensive rebound on a strip or not being strong enough with the basketball. Cardwell did it twice. Flanagan did it, did it once. Not only did they lose the basketball, 
it immediately transitioned to a Memphis three. Mm -hmm. That's nine points that even if you don't score in transition, if you're Auburn, you're giving away possession and Memphis hit three threes on those three possessions where all Auburn had to do was secure a rebound. It may not look like a big deal at the end of the night on the box score, but look at the score now when you lose by nine and see how big those type of moments are in a basketball game. And that's uncharacteristic. Usually when Cardwell gets yeah. his mitts on it, it's over. But you you mentioned it. Memphis had some guys, Davis and some guys that played career nights. I mean, Davis came in with a shooting slump for Memphis and shot lights out. Obviously, their leading scorer tonight and really got it done. He had 27 points tonight. The kid, the kid, the transfer from and SMU. His, and his impact was somehow bigger. It felt bigger than that. Because he got some steals and some, which is hard to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as like overall impact offensively, it's like, I love what Katie Johnson did. But like you still look at it like the 14 points pop tied the tied Auburn in the lead for for leading in points. Wendell got to 14 there with some late free throws, but still five of 15 from the floor, one of seven from three. His plus minus, which I admit I probably care too much about, but his plus minus was minus 11. That was the second worst on the team, Daryl. And so it's like yes. The camera followed KD, and he had some good shots and good, some good moments. But still, like overall, um, I don't think he was as effective on the defensive side of the floor as he typically is. You know, he was 5 of 15, as you mentioned, and some of the 15 were poor shot selections. Mm -hmm. Forced, goes into traffic with three dudes. Um, you know, just not really smart. Some deep threes. Him and Wendell both put up some threes that they had no business taking, and I know that's their game. But at some point, you got to you got to kind of rein in their range a little bit and say, "Look, I want you to have the confidence to shoot threes. But you know this logo win moniker that's been given to him, people start to believe that crap, and it gets in their head. Be smarter shooting the basketball. And if you're Katie Johnson, don't go in the lane with four dudes and draw contact. They're not going to call it all the time. And so just be smarter with those fifteen shot selection. And Wendell Green, you know, he had nine field goal attempts. So you're right. I think guard play. I Again, Zepp Jasper had five, and he's two for four. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'd like to see him maybe shoot six or seven times. Who knows, right? He could maybe have seven or eight if he does that. I don't think Flanagan played well at all. He turned it over too much. He looked slow defensively, got beat too much back door. Broom had 11, is the quietest, most non-impactful 11 that I've seen in a long time. And look, it's paramount for Auburn to do things the right way. And that starts with playing defense the way they're supposed to and transitioning. And Broom yeah. looked like he couldn't get down the floor. He got beat a lot to his spot. He couldn't go on an offense. You know, Bruce Pearl likes big. So, so it, it's funny. And we in the live chat here, there's a few folks that kind of are poking at Broom. Mm -hmm. Janai Broom probably had the best stat line of the night. And, and I know stats don't tell the full story. A stat line doesn't tell the full story, but. Five of nine, like he was the most efficient scorer other than Dylan, and Dylan was three of three. But I mean, Dylan's plus minus was bad. Janai Brooms, I mean, he shot the ball nine times, scored 11 points. Um, they had six rebounds, but yeah, those, those turnovers, those two turnovers felt really big, and they probably were. Um, 
their and stats, Philly, though, they, and then yeah, but you said, I mean, you said it. He looked sluggish, which which is not what stats. we expected. There's stats that don't tell the whole story where he had six rebounds, but he missed the opportunity on four or five that he should have had. So that doesn't go on the stat sheet when he's out of position and the ball goes right by him, or he's out of position on defense and yeah. slow to his spot. You can't read that on a stat sheet. You know, the two free throws he missed, I think were big. So yeah, you know, eleven and six looks okay. But it, he, there were times he was in the paint. He looked hesitant and tentative and just threw the ball back out to the top of the key, and I think he should have made a power move and scored. So 11 and 6, quite honestly, with his skill set, should have looked like 16 and 10. So that's that's where that's where it's a little bit misleading. I understand. All right. I want You mentioned Zepp and his shot selection. We talked about KD and, and logo win. I, I want to – I want to pick at the guard rotation because it doesn't make sense to me. And, and live chat, give me your thoughts as well. Um, we'll talk that, about that in just a second right here on Locked on Auburn. These live shows, Daryl, following every Auburn basketball game that you and I do, brought to you by our friends at Henry Service Co. For all of your heating and HVAC and plumbing needs, if you're around the Montgomery area, uh, whether it's commercial or residential, these are the folks to call. Daryl, you run a company. You trust these guys. Uh, with yes. your very expensive and very important equipment at your company. Yeah, I mean that's what speaks volumes. You know, I don't, I don't endorse or promote or talk about people that I don't use. And running a company, being president of a company, is a tremendous responsibility. And so there's a lot of high end equipment. It's not like just the air conditioner in my home. Right. And I trust them to to come service us, replace air conditioners. Anybody in the River Region area, the Tri County area, they'll take care of you. I know a lot of people that yep. use Henry Service Co. So I would highly recommend them. I really would. Their number is 334-288-2700. And that number is also in the episode description down below. AL license number 00021. The guard rotation doesn't make sense to me. Zepp playing the two as much as he is, is odd. It doesn't look right. I think he would admit that he would rather play the one. He's been a point guard for his whole life. And I don't understand why one, I don't love him and Wendell on the floor at the same time. I think it's fine, but for 20 plus minutes a game, I don't know if I love that. I'm just going to be honest. I don't know if I love it. It doesn't seem, I don't know if they really help each other when they're on the floor at the same time. And then when Wendell comes off the floor and chance Westry went in chance had a bad night. It was really, really bad. And so I, I don't know why Zepp didn't play more minutes at the one tonight. I, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around it. Um, Daryl, what are your thoughts on what we're doing at the point guard position specifically? Because Zepp needs to be a part of that puzzle, I think. I think this is where you use a game like this and you use the first nine games of the season, which counts as maybe a third at this point. And that's what you look for is, okay, what changes and adjustments do I need to make? And the very first one I would make, and of course, Bruce Pearl has forgotten more about basketball than I ever know, but it, the sample size shows me that I think Chance Westry coming off the bench would be more comfortable at the two-guard position where he doesn't have to handle the basketball. He can catch and shoot. He doesn't yeah. have to create his own shot. So slide him to the two and move Zep to the backup point guard position. The problem with that is what you heard Dane Bradshaw mention in the broadcast, because I respect, I think he's a really good color analyst, and I think he knows a lot about the game. And he said, 
point blank that Zepp Jasper is one of the most one of the best on ball defenders in the country. And you just watch him defend people. So if you don't start him at the two and you bring him off the bench as Wendell's backup, I think you lose that lockdown defender that you're going to need when you get to conference play. But you got to pick your poison. I don't know. You know, obviously, if you do that, then you got to start KD at the two, which he can guard, he can defend. He's he's a he gets he gets after it. But Zep is just such a good defender. I think that's why he but, starts. But Darryl, I think you, at this you point, can, you got to switch it up. Yeah, I, I, yeah, because you can live with your point guard playing 15 minutes tonight. Usually, it's a little bit more. Usually, it's 20 to 22. But you can live with your point guard playing 20 minutes and them not really contributing a lot on offense from a point standpoint, but they're a facilitator and then defensively they add a lot when it's your two, like your starting shooting guard should be shooting more than that. And that's just not who Zep is. I think Zep can be that, but he's not going to take ill-advised shots. That's just not who he is as a player. And, no, I agree. Uh, he, he's a guy that he's a team first minded guy and, and he wants to put his teammates in situations to win and play good defense. That is a point guard. That is describing a point guard, not a shooting guard. And so, to me, that is the the, the most interesting part of all of this. And a lot of the chat is agreeing with us, Daryl. A lot of folks are kind of saying, similar to what we did last year, what we saw this team do last year, is you put, um, you put Zepp and KD on the floor at the same time, which that offers a lot defensively, and then possibly Westry at the two with um, – with Wendell taking the ball down the floor, but refresh my memory though. Didn't Zep Zep was our starter last year at the point guard and Wendell came yep. off the bench. Correct. That's right. That's who, right. Did, who started mostly at the two KD. I thought he came off the bench too. I'm just struggling to remember who started at the two. KD did start last year. Yeah. Okay. So that's again, I, if I'm wrong on that, but yeah, I believe yeah, KD started most games I, at the two last year. I agree with that philosophy. Just, just know that you're taking your best on ball defender off the, but I mean, he's only playing 15 minutes a game anyway. I mean, he's starting, but he's getting subbed in for pretty quick because KD is getting more minutes. So maybe you'd switch it up, put KD in the starting lineup at the two guard, yeah. bring Zep in quickly, and and you know reduce chances minutes a little bit at the two. But I think he'd be, I think he'd be more comfortable at the two catching and shooting and not trying to create his own because he seems to be struggling with that. Yeah, and he only played eight minutes and. You know, early in the game, they were <laughs> Wendell was on the side of the on the sideline, and they're like zooming in on his his bloody mouth. It's like you don't have to show us that. Like we understand he got banged in the face. Like you don't have to show us that his gums are bleeding. Um, and they apparently did it in State Farm Arena too, which is a questionable choice, but good for them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no Trey Donaldson tonight. Yeah, that surprised Which, me too. I I think he can help you. I give him five or six minutes. I, I would rather him take the ball down the floor right now than Chance Westry. Yes, I mean he he can. He's 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 a guy that's good in traffic. He's a good creator. He finds the open man. And one thing we talked about at the beginning of the year, he's a really good rebounding guard. And guess what? Auburn could have used a lot more of tonight. Rebounds. Freaking rebounds. So, 17 more of them would have evened it up. I mean, I don't even know if our guards, what, what the guard, I'll look what the guard rebounding looked like. But again, Bruce Pearl team. When, Wendell had two, Zep had three, KD had two. Yeah, not bad uh, from a guard standpoint. Plus, so, had zero. Yeah. And see, that that's where Trey Donaldson can get you a few. I, 
You got to you got to rebound if you play. Westry did Bill's have system. three assists in eight minutes. That's impressive. But he also had three that, fouls. I don't know how that happened. But unless um, the, I, I mean, and everything else just, is zero, he was zero for five yeah. shooting in eight minutes. That's hard to do. Darren. And that's where that's I'm a little tough. disappointed. Yeah, I, I'm a little disappointed because I knew the knee. Remember, we talked two weeks ago. We said we're not going to see Chance Westry really start to to play into form and round into to shape until you know, mid-December, and here we are mid-December, and he's regressing a little bit. So we'll see what happens Wednesday night against, you know, Georgia State if he bounces back. But we're going to need Chance Westry in big, bigger games. We're going to need him in SEC play. We're going to need him out in L.A., mm-hmm. and we're going to need him in Seattle. So he's going to have to get it figured out pretty quick, but I think I think he's going to do it from the two. Uh, and the way that Chris Moore is playing has basically taken – the the opportunity of Chance Westry playing the three away because Chris Moore is playing really, really well, had 12 points tonight, was a great three-point shooting presence. And then Flanagan, although not playing real well tonight, you know, 27 minutes, five points. Well, and, and there's a lot of people saying Westry needs time at the three, and it's like – He doesn't have – there's no room well, to put off, him at the offensively, three. Offensively, I don't know if that's the position we want to – I put, right put him at the two right now, and I'd, I'd let him come off the bench with Zep. And Zepp's a heady dude, good handles the ball, and he can he can cover some defensive ills and some lapses with Westry on the floor as far as the way he defends. Yeah. He can lock down the other team's best guard, and Chance Westry doesn't have to worry about doing that, right? So right. that that's where I think that combination, that duo, and, and I think I'd, I'd start that right away Wednesday night at home against the Sunbelt team and see how that works. Um, yeah, no, I'm there with you. All right, is this loss as bad as a lot of Auburn fans are making it, including folks here in the live chat as well as on uh, Auburn Twitter? We'll discuss that in a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to wager on all of your sports action. The bowl season is pretty much here as well as the rest of the college basketball season. You want to make sure you get in on all the action by checking out our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. Is this game as big of a deal as people are making it out to be? Daryl, I think it's a big deal in the sense of, like, we don't know what this team is before conference play, but it's one game in the college basketball season. I still think as a fan base, as the Auburn fan base, we're still so football-minded where, you know, every game on your college football schedule is such a big game. Yeah. Let's, let, let's take a – tonight was bad, right? But pump, pump the brakes, yeah. Yeah, tonight was bad. But the beauty of college basketball is you can lose eight games and still have a really good season and put yourself in a situation to peak, right? That's what we've talked about uh, with Bruce Pearl teams for like the last half decade is they peak at the right time. Uh, Last year wasn't the case, but most of the time they get better as the season goes on. So let's hold off because there are, to me, there are places where you can look at this team and say, okay, yeah, that's how this team gets better. Because I think when you look at KD, when you look at Zepp, and you look at Wendell, I think those guys are who they are. Dylan, probably he is who he is. Chris Moore, I think he is who he is. I think the upside is kind of what you get tonight. But the areas where they can improve, you look at Yoan Treor, which we haven't even mentioned yet. You look at Chance Westry, which we've talked about a lot. You look at Janai Broom. Those are guys, I think, that are better than what we've seen them play so far. And so when you talk about peaking in March, which is the goal of every college basketball team that's playing basketball right now, is you want to play your best ball in March and April. Um, 
I think Auburn can do that, and it's going to come down to those players. I think three points as to why we just don't need to hit the panic button yet. Number one, this is a quad one loss. Okay. I mean, it's not Auburn didn't, you know, they, they lost to a team that's eight and two right now that'll be ranked, and it's a quad one loss. Number two, I think we could all agree Auburn played. ranked, you think? I think so. I think when the new rankings come out, you beat number 11, you know, by nine. I think they will. I think they'll definitely be ranked when the rankings they play come Bama. out. They play Bama soon, too. Yeah. So they may want that to be a ranked matchup. I think you look at the way Auburn played and how poorly they played, and they still lost single digits. That That's kind of a head scratch. I mean, you know, so let, just remember that what I talked about, those three empty possessions that turned into nine points for Memphis, mm-hmm. Auburn gets anything out of those or just holds on to the basketball, and we're talking about a, a two-possession game or a one-possession game. So that's despite them playing as poorly as they did. And point number three, I think at the end of February, early March, let's see where this loss is and where it falls and where Memphis is as a basketball team. Mm-hmm. Memphis could be in the top 15, in the top 10. They could be you know, runner-up in the conference. I mean, they, they, they are senior – heavy and they are it's you know I, I know they lost to St. Louis I know they have a couple losses but still let's wait and see where this Memphis team goes before we hit the panic button now if the, you start stringing these together yeah. then then you know then absolutely if Auburn doesn't come out and and uh handle business convincingly Wednesday and, and looks lethargic and struggles against Georgia take Georgia State I'd be concerned and then when they go to the West Coast trip let's see what happens yeah, what are reasonable expectations now for the West Coast trip? Well, I, think I you, still think it needs to be two and zero. Oh. I, I think do you too. Need to I, think you, to go, I think I think absolutely. I saw somebody say one and one. If you go one and one, I think that is an L in my opinion. You are better than USC and you are better than Washington. I don't care that you're on the road. Your defense is good enough to keep you in those games. It, I think if they score seventy three in those games, they win. Don't you? Or am I off on that? No, I agree. And they're not places that are typically in the Pac-12 that used Tough to be. To the the yeah. Heck Pavilion in Washington, I've been there before, uh, used to be brutal for opposing teams. It's not sure. like that anymore. And L.A. used to play in the sports arena. And I don't know. I think they play – I think USC plays in Staples Arena. And I don't know where they play. They don't have an on-campus – well, they, they might. But anyway, they've played some of their games at the – you know, L.A. Sports Arena and all that over years. It's just not – USC, even with that coach, Enfield, it's not an intimidating place to play like UCLA or Arizona or, you know, when Cal and Stanford have it going. Oregon, that stupid tree on the court. Um, it's difficult to play in some places. I don't – that's the ugliest stinking arena in the world. But, oh, Washington State. I, I thought it was State, cool the first time I saw it, and oh, now, it. now it's annoying. Washington yeah. State has a really hard place to, to go on the road. To. Some of those arenas are just difficult. See, uh, Washington and USC right now aren't traditionally considered that. So, Auburn should go and take care of business because they're the better basketball team and um, see what happens, what combinations yeah. that they use and – and get better. So the realistic expectation for me is they come out and get another streak going and, and you know, right. run off some wins here. All right. For folks in the chat, give us uh, either questions. We'll, we'll go for a few more minutes tonight. Give us questions. Or if you have a take of the day about what we saw with this team or maybe a bold prediction for the rest of the season, let us hear it. I think that'd be uh, that'd be good. I asked, um, I asked who the MVP of the game was tonight for Auburn, uh, Katie Johnson winning in a landslide which I, I would have said that too i definitely would have said that yeah yeah i'm there with and, you. and really i mean that's almost uh, he played well it was but it was almost by default nobody really stood out and 
was like, you know, the wow factor. Like it we've seen. It seemed like he cared more than everyone else. Absolutely. And he, which isn't new. Right? He's a game changer. And he's, he's the guy for Auburn that can come in and change the flow, the whole pulse and the tempo of the game. So, wow. Doug Dozier's a little bit, uh, Doug saying prediction NIT. I don't think so. I don't I think just, so either. I, I would be shocked. I think I would, you, I, I think, I, I think they're, if that was I think, yeah. And if you ask me right now, where is Auburn in the pecking order of the SEC? I'd probably put them fifth uh, total overall so, in the SEC. So do you have Kentucky at one still? Uh, no. No. Nope. Ar- Arkansas? No. Nope. Oh, you got Bama. You got Bama one. I'm saying it. You're saying it. I'm not. Got it. <laughs> I refuse to so say So those it. three, I don't care what order it is Bama, Arkansas, Kentucky. And then I and I think you got, Tennessee, you got Tennessee above us. Tennessee, yeah. Which which all of these teams, they have lost to teams that are worse than Memphis, with the exception True. of Bama. True. I think just a whole body of work. We'll see when the conference comes around. I'm just I, saying where I they are right the now. Non-con, I wish the non-con schedule was tougher. It's just like this was kind of our game, and we blew it. And so yeah. that's that's kind of what um what stinks here. Let's see. Our big scoring less than 10 is not going to cut it, is what Ravine says. Um, the guy who draws what he likes says, is Leor Berman completely out of the rotation? This team needs shooting, and Zepp looked afraid to shoot. They were daring him. I just don't think yeah. that's Zepp's role. Like, I don't think Zepp's comfortable doing that. I think, he's a, I think, I think Zepp's a facilitator and a defender. Um, I don't think playing Leo or Berman is going to help this team. Like I, I, I don't think I don't think he's the answer, or we would have seen more of them um, throughout this year already. So, yeah, I think, says Dap. I guess he's saying hey to you. So hey, you what's up? I think that uh, I good to see. You. I think that um, Leo or Berman in in a situation where later in a game if you've got a little bit of separation I, I and I think the way Memphis plays the style of Memphis Leor Leor Berman's not a good matchup the athleticism and, and everything I, I wanted to point out one interesting thing we're talking about going on the road you know Tennessee beat this USC team by seven the, the team that Auburn's going to play so I mean USC's kind of gotten it together a little bit has won some games they lost to Wisconsin but I think they're undefeated in the pac 12. So again, it's one of those situations where it might be a little bit better test for Auburn than we thought originally. Here's a good take, and you and I were watching the game together when this happened. Bruce Wade, uh, the retired veteran, thank you for your service, says Bruce waited too late in the game to get his technical foul, and like he was wrong with what he was arguing about. Like he was not touched, but you got to think he did that to be strategic and firing up his guy saying, Hey, I'm fighting for you. That's kind of my guess. Um, if that was the strategy, Daryl, he probably did wait too long. If it was, I think from his vantage point, he just didn't think about it and lost his mind. Cause it really looked like Chris Moore got fouled. And from where he was from behind Chris Moore, it did look like he got fouled. And then you had to get the camera angle of right in front of Chris Moore to realize he just went in awkwardly. Went down. in out, 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 out of control and fell down. And again, that's another play where Auburn has a chance to cut that to five mm-hmm. with what a little under two minutes to go. So, you know, he makes that a little different situation. But yeah, I, I, I would have liked to see, you know, maybe earlier when it got it to double digits and you felt like it was getting away from you a little bit from an emotional standpoint to light a fire under his team yeah. to get one then. Uh, yo, Malcolm 
says, I wanted to see Jalen Williams. Yeah, he was out there. He started, um, played 20 minutes, two of six from the floor, made the only three that he took. He got five rebounds. I guess his minutes were lower because he uh, he was he had three fouls, so I'm sure that's part of it. But yeah, Malcolm, he was um yeah, he was out there. He was out there playing. Um, Rocky says it's our first loss. They are young and still need to. I don't know. He just says still need to. But are we that you're young? Really, like, yeah, that's, I don't consider that team young. I mean, Katie yeah. Johnson and Wendell Green and Zepp Jasper and Broom and Alan Flanagan are all dudes that have played a lot of basketball. Um, yeah, the only guys that haven't played a lot of basketball. Trey Hoare and, and a Chance Westry. Even Cardwell. Yeah. This is his third year. This is Cardwell's third year. I mean, you know, you kind of blink, and this is year three. He's a junior. So, I, you know, we, Auburn's not as senior heavy as Memphis is, but the guard play especially. And, look, I saw some, some people in chats and that kind of thing, Twitter, talking about Bruce made a mistake by not cutting some players and, you know, going to get some shooters. And, you know, I, I, I get it, but you really didn't have much room. And you, you also, in my, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, this was one of the years that you gave up one of those scholarships for the sanctions things that happened besides Bruce sitting That's out true. two games. So you, you had one, you were down one scholarship and you had two guys leave, but you brought two guys in. So you really didn't have the room unless you cut a stretch or someone like that. And I just don't think that's that was in Bruce's plans to do that. Darrell, this is an interesting question. JC23 says, if you're the opposing coach, who scares you offensively for Auburn? There is a misconception that Wendell Green is not a good basketball player. And like that is, stop that. Like Wendell Green scares you if you're an opposing coach. And then I think there's other guys where you just kind of have to respect. But Wendell Green... For sure. I mean, even tonight when we're talking about how inefficient he was, he was three of nine from the floor. That's not good. But he shot the ball nine times and he scored 14 points. Like, you take yeah. that. You absolutely take that. And despite Auburn losing by nine, you know, his plus minus was minus two and he played 32 minutes. And so that means Auburn was significantly worse um, when he wasn't on the floor for those eight minutes. So let's just kind of put that in perspective. Like, he got to the free throw line nine times. Is he the most effective does his shot selection drive you crazy sometime? Yes. But if you're an opposing coach, you were concerned about Wendell Green. I think you're concerned. You game plan for him, and you realize how very, very important and crucial he is to Auburn, but I don't think he strikes fear into you sure. if you're an opposing coach. So what you do is you look and say, hey, guys, if we can take Wendell Green out of the out of the game for Auburn, I don't mean take him out physically, but you know, take control him, shut him down, contain him, then Auburn struggles because they go as Wendell Green goes. He makes them go. So the game plan needs to be to eliminate and, and contain him as much as possible. Yes, he's someone you game plan for and prepare mm -hmm. for, realizing that he's the motor, in my opinion, or the engine that makes yeah. Auburn go. Because nobody – I mean, if that happens, then, J you know, Jasper, Zepp, or Katie Johnson, or someone else is going to have to step up and get those points because 14, 15, 16 points a game – they're important, man, and I I, I don't yeah. know where else you're going to get them. All right, Auburn, they take on Georgia State this Wednesday, September 14th. Tip is at 7. So we will aim to go live a little after 9. I will be on a cruise, and so I'm planning to do it. I've bought the best Wi-Fi package I can on the ship. We'll see if it's good enough, Daryl. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll be in Dallas on a business trip, but I'll be in a hotel doing it. So yeah, we'll be. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see if our internet yeah. allows us to, but we are doing everything we can to put ourselves in a situation to do that. And if we can't, I may have I may have Lindsay on call to to host that. We'll uh, we'll have to see. But um, yeah, we plan on that, Daryl. Until then, how can people check out everything you've got going on, man? On Twitter, DAPP6410, you can see right there. Follow me uh, on Monday mornings. Auburn Opelika this morning with our good friend Ben Taylor from about 7.10 to 7.30. We have Double D Monday where we talk sports. And then obviously you can find me here on all the reaction podcasts. Yeah, if you haven't already, please like this video. It helps the channel out a ton. And click that subscribe button if you haven't subscribed already. We're like just a few away from 8,500 subs, which is really cool. We're trying to get to 9,000 by the end of the year. So please help us get to that point. If you're listening on audio. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Really, really appreciate it. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you next time right here on Locked on Auburn.